Hello everyone, welcome to the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. I'm Rhys and this is the Welsh Rugby Podcast facing externally imposed recording budget cuts of 20% per year for the next six years. I'm joined by Ed and Mikey to discuss Welsh Rugby news, last weekend's Six Nations games, the upcoming weekend's URC fixtures and of course our Forbidden Loves of the week. So let's get started with the Forbidden Love Rugby Podcast. All right. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, once again, I've got to say that is the the danger of pre-recording your introductions. Uh, Mikey might not yet make it. Oh, God. And I've just lost Ed. Uh, so while I'm waiting for Ed to come back, I'll just wrap it on a little bit. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to say thanks for listening. Wherever you do get your podcasts, you'll find us uh, wherever you pick those up, be it Acast, Apple Podcasts, etc., and you can get in touch via email. We're on forbiddenloverugby at gmail.com or on Twitter where we are at FLRugbyPod and I'm at RJJ Blue and Black. Uh, Ed, how would people find your online presence? Uh, Eddie Rugby at Eddie Rugby on Twitter, E double D Rugby. Smashing. Um, I'm not very active on Twitter, as in no. commenting, but I'm a, I'm a huge, big Twitter stalker. Yeah, and I tell you what, the other thing is, I was getting harder and harder to use since, uh, well, since old Muskie took over. I don't know, man, I'm finding it harder and harder to find the tweets I want to see, and I'm seeing less and less about rugby, and more and more about just unrelated bullshit. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, it's like, I keep forgetting that it's set to, um, like, not who you follow, but like, yeah. what it recommends, and I'm just yeah. seeing so much stuff that goes against what I usually look at, and I'm just like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm getting exposed to like lots of uh, like I've seen lots of like spot popping videos and shit like that, and like Ooh, I'm just oh. I I know a lot of people my age for some reason like watching that, but I'm I'm not on board of it. Like I it's it's not for me. Like stop suggesting it is. Yeah, I think that's the sort of video that doesn't need to be suggested because people who want to watch that will find it. Yeah, they'll go and look for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, right, uh, I will do Mikey's. He is at Mikey S. Harris. He does say that it's all lowercase. He doesn't know if it matters. Uh, hopefully, he will uh, join in a little bit later. But yeah, we've been uh, told we should proceed. Um, also, a little production stuff. If I go silent for any amount of time, it's because I'm on mute, because I'm having a, a coughing fit. So, got a little bit of the lurgy lingering. So, Ned, uh, shall we kick off with some news? Let's get into it. All right, so let's we'll start with Nigel Walker. Um, ahead of Wales v England, he said that he was going to hold the region's feet to the fire with regards to ensuring they'll be signing new players this week and new contracts, uh, despite the long-form agreement with the WIU and the pro sides not actually being completed yet. Just first of all, Ed, what do you make of that turn of phrase, hold their feet to the fire? But bear in mind, he has since apologised. Yeah, it's it's just an odd one. Like it seemed very aggressive and unnecessary, considering um, considering the whole situation that's that's preceded that moment. And I kind of feel like, yeah, it's um, it's good that he's come out and apologised because I don't think the regions are the ones that have been causing this problem, and the WRU should be bending over backwards trying to. Trying, trying to help these these regions sign players so that there's regional rugby next year, and there's yeah. not a, there's not a huge exodus of 
international Welsh rugby talent. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's almost as if he's gone to a crash course in um, public relations and media appearances and somebody told him, right, you've got to appear more firm and you've got to make it out like it's everybody else's fault but yours. And, <laughs> you know, because anybody with a couple of brain cells to rub together who's been reading even the most lowbrow rugby media knows that the WRU are to blame for this problem. Yeah. And, you, you know, the... They only just averted an actual fucking strike. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like you know, it's um, <laughs> yeah. Go on, I, sorry, I just yeah, it, yeah. I think sort of incredulous silence is uh, is appropriate here because <laughs> yeah. uh, like two years ago, Nigel Walker himself, before he became uh, interim, whatever he is, I, I lose track of CEOs and shares now. Like I, I, my brain is mostly full on all of this. Like it's. I want to stay ahead of the news, but I'm finding yeah. it hard. I'm finding the brain space difficult to muster up sometimes. <laughs> but two years ago, Nigel Walker himself was talking about how well the regions would be doing if WIU payments were increased to eight and a half million pounds a year. And now under his watch, we're agreeing to reducing it to 4.5. Like, what do you make of that? Yeah. Like I was thinking about this and, um, you know, I don't know anyone in, in Wales who would disagree with with him saying about the eight point five uh, budget. But I wonder how much authority he has on things like this, and how much if it was actually signed off and put into motion before he, you know, got essentially forced into the position he's in now. Like I, I feel like you know, it's almost an impossible task isn't it like taking up this temporary role and trying to come out of it the other side uh with credit in the bank yeah he's he's not exactly going to be able to make any big changes i think all he's going to be able to do is wrap up whatever agreements are in place in a sort of sweet enough pill to swallow for the public essentially mm. um, so oh sorry, yeah i just i just think like um you know uh, I, I'm sure if he'd probably known about all these budgets and situations beforehand, he may have may have thought twice about taking on the acting CEO role. But um, yeah, I mean, with news that's come out today about uh, Cardiff, it's just it's not looking good. Yeah, so um, we come to that in a couple of points time, but yeah, what we do know then is because of these reduction in payments from the WIU to the regions for access to players. We're now in a situation where we know that 12 Cardiff players on between 50 and 250k a season um, have been offered just under 30k each because the budget is so stretched. I mean, if that's the deal that averted the strike, like, can you imagine what was on the table b- before it was called off? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it beggars belief because it's like, ah, oh, like, this is a shit deal. And if you're one of those players who's rightly so built your life around that sort of income and then all of a sudden without any warning it's just completely um dramatically dropped you know like you're gonna kick off you're gonna want to strike uh but like you say that's that's on the deal that was agreed now so no wonder it got to the point of the player striking if this is if this is a good deal (laughs) and if you think about it it's not necessarily building your life around that sort of salary it's 
planning your career around your, your career being front-loaded with a high salary and then probably tapering off as you get older. So it's not like our careers where we start to make more money as we progress and get older. You're making your big bucks yeah. you know, towards the end of your playing career and then... And then you're going to learn to live with less. So most people have been planning to have their net to, to have their nest egg in place early on and, and sit in it or invest it or whatever. Um, yeah, so that's that's a huge spanner in the works of these families. Now, that's exacerbated then by no real ring fencing or additional funding for the existing ongoing NS38 contracts. So for listeners who don't know, the national squad 38 players, the NS38 are essentially the 38 Welsh qualified players who are most likely to play for Wales. So it behooves the WIU to keep them in Wales for access outside of international windows and training camps and game management, etc. And so if they choose to play for a region, then the WIU will pay 80% of their regional contract and the region then picks up 20% of the, of the bill. And then this is in exchange for that enhanced access. Now, given this is off the table... And we've now got a 25 cap rule instead of a 60 cap rule. Surely a, a huge player exodus is incoming. I mean, it's been reported, right? Yeah. Well, um, you know, as we were talking about in the uh, thread today, you know, it's like as recent as today, you've got um, uh, Jared Evans being uh, touted for Quins, uh, for the Harlequins, and then. Uh, it's come out that Dylan Lewis is possibly off to Gloucester and <laughs> Leon and now tapping of Josh Adams and Liam Williams yeah. is basically one foot on the plane going to Japan. It's just yeah. like, uh, you know, and who can blame them? Like, no, God, no. And as we the, always, the other thing that's weird about this to me, man, is like, you know, if Jared Evans goes to Quinns, he's competing with fucking Marcus Smith for a place, you know, whereas he is de facto first choice in Cardiff. Mm. Um, so it's not going to be, from a Welsh point of view, like taking my Cardiff hat off for a second, which is hard, but <laughs> taking, taking my Cardiff hat off for a second, it's not just bad for Cardiff. It's bad, this is bad for Wales, and it is bad for Jared, actually, in, in the sense that he might end up playing less rugby. Yeah, like, I think you can only think that this is a money move for him. Uh, and he's probably accepted the fact that he's quite far down the Wales pecking order, so international caps are going to be few and far between. Um, he knows that he's probably, with the recent contract tours at, at, at his upper limit of what he would be offered in Wales, so, you know, go to a successful yeah. England English-based team, earn, earn a good crumb, yeah. and... You know, okay, be second fiddle to a very exciting young playmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> why do I feel like they're going to be best friends by the end of this? You could just see like a little buddy movie, you know, like Step Brothers. Like I can see, I can see him being like Step Brothers, right? <laughs> At first, they hate each other, and then like you know, they, they spend yeah. a week bunking with each other. That's it. Then they're their best pals. <laughs> yeah, they bond over their like mutual. Um, uh, mutual hatred of international rugby and uh, yeah. the fact that it just didn't work for them. Yeah. What's your favourite dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> Philosopher. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Um, <laughs> but Do yeah, like they've just become best fly halves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think um, the other thing that we need to uh, consider here is right that fourth money spinning automated national that we do in Wales, um, the one that happens outside the window. We've seen it in the last two seasons that we've already been stretched with the players yeah. we have access to who are playing outside of Wales. Yeah. What I'm asking is, in the 2024 Autumn Nation series, will Dan Fish be on the bench or start in as fly-off for Wales? <laughs> um, I'm sure every person within a CF postcode uh, will be calling for him to start. Like, it's going to be all right. Like, like, all seriousness, it's what Sam Davis and Sam Costello. Well, yeah, let's look at it. You know, we've got priest, um, not Priestland, sorry, um, Patchell, Costello, Sam Davis, Owen Williams, if he stays, Ospreys. Yeah, you know, I'd say they seem to be the only four Welsh qualified, Welsh playing fly halves. That haven't been touted with a move outside of Wales. So Ben, ben Thomas, maybe for like yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's incredible. And like, you know, we're just talking about tens here. Um, oh God, yeah. I like I, I dread to think what this list of players is going to look like come the start of the season. It's bad, man. It, it feels like it feels like the end times. I mean. Like Cardiff have been the first to break ranks today and say, "Well, actually, look, this means that as things stand, we're going to need more external funding to put a squad together." Yeah. Um, firstly, like, uh, what do you make of Richard Holland's honesty and candour there today? Is that can't be hard to come and publicly say? That can't be easy. Sorry, just to, to yeah. say publicly, right? Not at all, because you've got to think like it's a business at the end of the day, and something you rely on is sponsorship, and sponsorship wants to be associated with successful successful business and successful companies and to sort of outright come out and be like oh yeah basically boys we're fucked next season yeah yeah uh is brave and i think talent of this the dire situation that they're in and probably yeah. the other regions are in too um, yeah I, well this is what i was going to say actually do you think that the uh the rest of the regions and will be making similarly public statements in the coming days and weeks um, yeah, I would not be surprised. I, I, you know, I can't. Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess it's a surprise to see it coming from Cardiff because, you know, when I, I read the tagline before I looked at the article and I thought, oh, it's got to be Dragons or Ospreys. Uh, and then it was Cardiff. I was like, oh, oh yeah, hello. Peter Thomas isn't dead, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah. I mean, um, but like, yeah, so, you know, everyone knows the situation with uh, Ospreys and, and their financial woes and same with um, uh, Dragons have always been sort of, you know, the, the fourth the fourth yeah. best region, essentially. So don't have the same income as, as the other three. Yeah, I, I feel like sometimes, I mean, most of Welsh media comes out of Cardiff and I think a lot of the time, maybe sometimes they just have more contacts at Cardiff Rugby who are willing to sort of give some information and that's why we get like faster information from Cardiff um, but yeah I can't imagine I mean Dwayne Peel has quote and said today from Scarlet's that we are going to lose big players like it's it's going to happen yeah um, well they've already lost yeah. was it Callum Afoni and um, well I think uh, Blake Thompson was it but I think he's retirement isn't he yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I just don't see this getting better now like 
I, I don't understand what the WIU are doing. Like, because one of our constant criticisms of them has been that um, they aren't investing in the player pathway, which will ultimately improve their product and make more people want to throw money at it, be it yeah. punters or TV money or sponsorship deals. Yeah. And they're doing everything they can to bugger it. So, like, you know, they're underfunding the regions. They're spending development money elsewhere. They spent £5 million upgrading hospitality boxes this year, where, you know, that is now apparently one region's budget. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just shit-brained. And uh, part of me sort of welcomes the quick, the rapid downfalls. So we can just move past wherever the rubble is and start again, like... Yeah, um, totally. Like, it's just all these things coming out do just scream. We, we've been run and and dealt with by ex-geography teachers for the last decade, you know. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like... Well, and you saw um, Aberavon today uh, vote oh. against, or well, sound like they were going to vote against uh, the sort of modernising restructuring. And to me, that smacks of... I might be next on the gravy boat. Don't rock it too hardly. Yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting my turn for years. Yeah. Don't, yeah, I, don't give up on me now. I'm getting um, aboard that train whether you want me to or not. <laughs> so on that note, uh, I was um, looking at some uh, Twitter uh, feeds and oh, yeah. uh, Phil BB, I think he goes by on Twitter. Love Phil. It's, a lot of time for Phil. Yeah. I, I've I've been keeping a close eye on his tweets recently or their tweets recently and uh I'm really enjoying what they're what they're what they're tweeting because they're just literally holding everyone to account and just <laughs> speaking their minds. But um they uh I think they added uh Abrav and RFC and Abrav and RFC replied saying, Oh, this page uh in reply to everyone who's commented us or added us, this page is run by players, and we don't know anything of this. Wow, um, uh, anything of this decision, and so everyone's like replying to them saying, "So your board has made a decision without consulting the team and the players, and they didn't comment back." <laughs> Jesus, man. Yeah, no. Um, a word on Phil. He's uh, he, he really. He, I know his, his style does wind a lot of people up, but honestly, like he's he's a good follow. Um, yeah. He knows a lot. Uh, I, you know, a lot of my, I think, opinions have been formed around things that uh, Phil has said over the years. Firstly, on the Glad forums, and then, you know, and then Twitter yeah. more latterly. But no, the, the guy knows his stuff. Like his, his off the field stuff is uh, is fantastic, and he, he's he, he can't like I think he loses patience with some people quite quickly, um, which <laughs> can be fun to watch from afar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's well worth a follow. I can I can highly recommend just keeping an eye on. He's usually ahead of the story, for sure. Yeah, like I I, I think I I'm sort of like definitely uh, agreeing on the uh, getting your information from source or source of information. Yeah, because um, I, he just came up to me as a suggested follow, and then started yeah. seeing his his tweets, and I was just like, oh yeah, this is in in line with everything I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, so with uh, the news, I think sorted. Is there anything else we need to go over today? Uh, I mean, this all our point, is it? Because by this time tomorrow, <laughs> we're going to something else will have happened. Yeah, that's the, like you were saying earlier about just keeping the mind space for news, and you think you you think yeah. you've got it, and then 
Yeah. Another like, Pandora's box is opened. If I if I had a bigger house, I would definitely have a wall dedicated to WIU politics <laughs> various bits of string and Yeah, like and... um Charlie, Charlie from <laughs> Always Sunny, yeah. Hundred percent. I guess I, I, I've said like a few episodes ago. I remember saying like I tried to take a look at the WIU organogram once, and I just left the website more confused than I entered and <laughs> gave up on any investigation I was trying to do. You know, like, oh, this is impenetrable. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I just gonna wait for the new thing, whatever it is, in in two years' time. Like I'll, I'll start trying to get a handle on that from scratch. I just like why? What is it about rugby that I know. It, it just it, it's for some reason the most complicated sport to just make marketable? Oh. I know, I know. It's it's like especially trying to unearth what's going on at the WIU. It is like I don't know renovating an old house and, and just continually finding shit. Like uh, <laughs> our our friend, for example, I like, popped into his house after. Um, Oh god, what game was I at? Was Ooh, Benetton. Also, oh, Benetton, yeah. Yeah, and um, you showed me around his new house. So he's like, yeah. So we were we were doing some work, and I found this guy's old ham radio air antenna sort of <laughs> sticking out of one of the rooms. This must have been his ham radio room. It's like, like, yeah, it just feels like that. Trying to dig down into the detail of the WIU sometimes. It's like, and, and what's this? Oh, right, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <sighs> I, I think that's a great analogy. Yeah. All right, enough of this tomfoolery. Uh, shall we get out of the fucking Six Nations? Oh. So, yeah, Wales went down 10-20 to England at the uh, Principality Stadium. You were... I was supposed to be out with you for this game, wasn't I? Um, yeah. So, right, I've come down with a consumption, and I watched it from a blanket on my sofa. Uh, Kate was away for the day. So, uh, yeah, I've... I've it, you know... It might be one of the least enjoyable physical Wales England games I can remember, and just mentally, yeah, it was garbage, wasn't it? Yeah, like um, I, th- I think frustrating. I think that's a game where I probably would have rather have been slightly unwell under a blanket yeah. on my own watching it, <laughs> yeah, rather it, than in a busy pub in the middle of Swansea. Was was it just me, or was it like one of the worst Six Nations games like you can remember? Like, it, I don't feel like it ever felt tense. I don't think the result was ever in doubt. Um, despite Farrell missing a few kicks. Yeah, Farrell, Farrell being uncharacteristically off target um, did give me a bit of that false hope, and especially after Zamet's interception try mm. quite early into the second half. I think that was the only point where I thought, okay, we've clawed this back here. Um you know, we had a bit of a consistency in attack. Nothing looked threatening, but a bit of consistency. And then I think it was that loose hardy pass where he kind of double pumped it. Carry a mm. uh, carry then thought, well, I'm not getting that, and so left his hands down. Oh and then God, yeah, and it just fizzed across the front line. And I think um, bumps on the floor a bit. Yeah. Marchant picked it up and just, <laughs> um, you know, charged down to the other other end of the pitch. But yeah, we were we were. Easily second best in all aspects of that game. I, I, I think I was, this... I think I was like confirmation biasing hard. So like when when Zamit scored that try, I wasn't like oh good a try. I was like see the only way we can score is from interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> like because do, do you know what it felt like to me? It was like I don't know. You were playing a, a video game version of rugby where you'd chosen to go England, you'd chosen Wales as the opposition, and you'd gone on novice mode. Because like. 
We just yeah. looked slow and simple and yeah. inefficient. Yeah. And then, like, the one time we needed Thomas Williams to actually be sensible and cool down, he did the quick tap into no man's land and just got absolutely... You know, we oh. got knocked back sort of 20. We, we could have been... What would it have been, like... Uh, eight six at that point to England if we'd have taken the kick. Yeah. And then the next and then the next time we're in there twenty two not scoring we could have tried to play for a penalty maybe or a drop yeah. goal. You know, it was. Do you know what though? I I don't know if I'm just being a contrarian or 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 it's just my love for Cardiff players shining through. Thomas Williams has obviously been asked to do this very slow box kick role. Yeah. And he's obviously being asked to kick it to um, Freddie Stewart. And to be fair, it did keep him quiet outside of catching the ball. Yeah. I'd say, like, our chases weren't great. No. But, and, and like, I saw a thing today. It's like, oh, is, is this the best bomb diffuser in the world? And it was like a highlight of some of his ki- um, Freddie Stewart's catches on the weekend. And I was just like, most of them were easy, uncontested catches, and I was just like, uh, "Is this is this highlight reel you're trying to use to show him off?" Because yeah, I was like, just like, mm. the, "The answer to that question can't be yes if he doesn't jump to catch any of those balls. Like he just took them standing still." And yeah, I, I, I feel like one kick that did work for us was when we, I think, it was an Owen Williams sort of cross kick to the wing at one point. And that really seemed to flummox him for a second. Um, and, I th- and I think part of that was because the kick was a little shorter, it was a little higher, and we had time to put pressure on down the uh, down our right wing, England's mm. left wing. But it's, yeah, like the, the kick chase for the march and stuff was really bad. And the other thing was, I know Thomas Williams is coming in for a lot of stick, but like you could see at the base of every ruck, really, he was calling more forwards in as if like to say... Guys, the plan was that you were meant to be in this ruck already. Yeah. Where are you? Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it was him sort of going rogue and being like, right, what are we going to do you, right? <laughs> Is it going to wait 10 seconds and then box kick, right? But don't tell Gatland, you know? Hey, he can't come out to me now. I'm on yeah. the pitch. Yeah. I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's obviously been asked to do this. Um, my fear now, I guess, I don't know if you feel the same way, is cement head going to cement head and he's going to stick with this. He's going to go Thomas Williams at nine again next week, and he's going to ask him to do lazy box kicks all game again. Um, yeah, <laughs> like I, it's I, I've never seen Thomas Williams do this many box kicks for Cardiff. Mm. No, he doesn't. And it, like it has to have been a tactic. And um, okay, sometimes it worked, but. I think it only works if you have a good kick chase. And yeah. I, I, I listened to someone, I can't remember which who it was, or it might have been read somewhere, but like some of our best kick chasers in in, uh, in the Wales squad, uh, Liam Williams and um, Dan Bigger, both of yeah. whom were not, well, Liam Williams not in the squad and Dan Bigger on the bench. So it's just like, you know, unless you've got a good kick chase, box kicking to what is it? What is quite a... An atta- a, a count a good counter attacking back three. You know, mm. I've got a lot of time for Max Malins. I I think uh, he's a great player. And Watson's just fucking and, class. Yeah, Watson's <laughs> class. Yeah, everyone knows what what Watson can do. So like, 
you kind of want to nullify them as quick as possible. And it just and, never seemed to be the case. And and, it's not like we were lacking pace, right? I mean, Zamet and Adams could have been up in his face. Yeah. No problem. Like yeah. if, if it's such a premeditated plan and we've got two guys who can operate at about 10 metres a second, it, it shouldn't be that much of an issue to put pressure on the kick receiver. Yeah. I just feel like some something seems is still seeming off in in the Wales camp, oh, and I guess I guess you know yeah the game went ahead, but like we alluded to earlier, the the, the current deal is still a shit one. And, and I I do kind of feel like there's there's a disconnect now between the the Wales squad players and sort of regional stalwarts who you know the the Wales squad players have got their end of the bargain almost they've got their ditching of the 60 cap rule etc but i don't really see how a lot of what's happened helps the like say the regional stalwarts so i think all of a sudden you might start to get some sort of divisions forming there you might even end up seeing a regional strike yeah well it has been uh it has been like hinted at um i mean sort of uh the other way of looking at that is trying to encourage a reduced salary cap meaning that you can still play for Wales but move, but move to a to a higher funded team releasing your sort of salary at the region being able to use on regional players if you see yeah. what I mean so like yeah. for instance you know like uh, Ken has convinced them to drop it to 25 meaning he can leave Scarlet's take his £300,000 salary away yeah. from Scarlet's and that can be put into three four academy players if yeah. like you know yeah. as, as a as a everything screener yeah no if, you, if you're trying process. to be generous I, I guess there's that there's that aspect as well but yeah but, um, i don't know it, it it doesn't seem right though does it It feels like something's uh something's rotten there like everyone just seemed i don't know see it's weird it's like the anthem i thought oh here we go everyone seems quite pumped uh but i think it's always the case um but when it came to actually the get like it just felt flat and the uh, you know people who were there said it felt flat. Mm. Um, yeah, like Danny Kerr came out, didn't he, and said it's like the worst atmosphere he's ever experienced at the Principality for a yeah. Wales England game, and that that takes a lot to do that. Um, yeah. He was uh, probably like, there during the uh, the no fans COVID season as well. So, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> imagine a worse atmosphere than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I guess in a fortunate way because of where I was watching it you couldn't really it could hear noise through the speakers but you couldn't really sort of take it in and there was a lot of uh, mm. background noise from the restaurant anyway bar restaurant so it was like I didn't really have a con- um, a concept of what the uh, atmosphere was like on the day but since reading about it I've just been like there's a big stink at the moment and yeah, it's not, it's not nice yeah I don't know man like I'm I am really down on Welsh rugby right now. Like I I know we we, we are we've always been quite curmudgeonly about it and yeah. you know we've we've always had a bit of a distrust of the WIU and we've always wanted our club sides to be doing better. But oh man, like right now it just feels unfixable. If it really does just feel like the end times. Yeah, like I know you you've been a quite you know of of this for for a while now like because you i think you kind of accepted that for rugby to continue big things need to happen and and like also it can't continue at the at the price it is because it's you know teams are just gonna fold 
But yeah. I've always kind of been a bit like, oh, you're, you're just being doom and gloom, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. fine, you know, we'll sort yourself out. It's too popular of a sport to just fold into nothing. And, and then, you know, come into today, I'm just like, hmm. Yeah, yeah, actually, because <laughs> well, that's the thing, like, but like, I feel like I know you, you are, you're half joking there, but like, I think the WIU fully feel that way. It's like we're too big to fail. It's the national sport. We've you know, people are going to support Welsh rugby wherever happens, and it's, it's like no, like, yeah, you know, my I've got a season ticket to consider renewing come September. You know, and it's like, well, what am I going to be watching? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, man, I love that club. Um, and I've yeah. been there through some dog shit rugby. Yeah. But like, at least it felt like you were contributing to potentially an upswing. But it just feels like now the longer we cling on, we're just clinging to a demise. I don't know what the answer is. Like, I, well, I, I do know the answer is it's let the regions break away from the WRU, let them be fully professional, let them be fully independent, and let them raise their own money and be in charge of their assets, which is the players, right? Yeah. Like this, 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 the, the thing, like people talk about it as if like the WU is funding the regions. It's not. It's paying the regions for use of the players they've developed. It's not funding. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a, and the, the fact that, you know, the, the agreement is where it is. And like that payment for those players is getting lower and lower. It's just ridiculous. Like, yeah. I mean, like, it says to the players, we don't value you. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, it's it, it's um, oh, I've forgotten the point I was going to make now. But like, um, it's it's ridiculous. Like, no no Welsh rugby person, a uh, player, is going to refuse a call up to play for Wales. Hmm. It, it, Do you know I what? Think. I would have said that until about two weeks ago, but I'm starting to wonder actually. Yeah, I just kind of like. Um, I mean, in the current uh, environment, yeah, I, I, I could, I could totally see because a player you, refusing. You have to separate playing for Wales or representing your country and playing for the WRU. And like yeah. right now, like I thought it was easy for me to be all high and mighty and say no, I fucking wouldn't. But like, <laughs> I wouldn't want to pull those three feathers onto my chest with those three letters on drum. I don't know. It just wouldn't feel like I'm playing for Wales. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I think um, Jason Torrey put out a good tweet, uh, as he has been. I'm enjoying his retirement so much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He said, like, oh, you know, I'm going to the game. I've already got tickets I've paid for, or something along the lines of that. But he said, but I'm not going for the WRU. I'm going for the boys that are going out there to play. Yeah. And, like, and, and I think, you know, that's why there was still such a big, turnout for people watching that game is because a lot of people okay you're obviously going to get your um you know you know your people coming in for the for the day sure but, but you're going to get a lot of your passionate rugby fans who are doing the same thing and being there because of the boys that are putting that jersey on i, I can't wait to see what it's like a judgment day like i feel like we need some sort of coordinated public display because you know it's, it's a fairly unique crowd in so much as it's it's going to be at least you know 70% season ticket holders people with an yeah. actual stake yeah I I wonder could could we encourage or not we you know not me and you but could <laughs> could it could there be some sort of encouragement for some sort of coordinated display of distaste towards the WIU I don't know what it would look like but 
I think I think there's got to be somebody's going to say something. Like you, you're going to have quite a few banners for sure, at the very least. You know. Yeah, I'd have thought so, and I, I would. It would be great if um, support groups did come together yeah. and do like a joint display of, you know, no faith in the WRU. If this um, was soccer, there would be some incredible chance. Oh that, yeah, you know, they, like the forums would be right. Okay, lads, you know what you got to do. This is the tune, and these are the lyrics. Learn them by <laughs> next week, and, and they would, right? Yeah, you got to give it to football fans. To be fair, um, one thing they do well is is very very coherently dis- display their frustration and uh, yeah. dis- dislike of um, <laughs> management and club owners. Yeah. Um, I think I think I'll leave it to the Scarlets guys because, like, they, for all of their failings, they do seem to come up with the best, uh, the best songs still. Still, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how they do it. No, anyway, we'll, we'll ask Liam next time he's on. All right, yeah. so we've we've meandered a bit, Ed, but I think that's okay. I think <laughs> I think yeah. you'll allow us a meander today. So if we are thinking of uh, sticking plasters for the Italy game, and we'll treat you in isolation with all the caveats that, you know. I I kind of stop caring if we win or lose because it doesn't matter, does it? Um, yeah. <laughs> but let's just again, let, okay, let's do this in the spirit that uh, Jason Tavi intended. Let's talk about the guys who are actually playing here. So I thought we could do stick or twist on the England twenty three for the Italy game, and if you twist in, then who are you bringing in instead? All right. Yeah. Uh, so if we do back three first, uh, so for England that was Lee Halfpenny, Josh Adams, and Louis Rees-Samet. Do you make any changes? Um, I for me, I like it would have to be Lee Halfpenny, and I just feel like he, he okay, he brings you that um, goal kicking uh, prowess that he has, but I just don't like. I just other than that. He's 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 not a good counter attacker anymore. Mm. Well, okay, you know, you know, this is all with a caveat that, you know, I'm not saying they're shit, he's a shit player, but yeah, yeah, he's not as threatening as he has been as a counter attacker, um, and um, I don't think his defense is any better than any other fullback option we have. Yeah, um, it's it's literally just the goal kicking. And I think mm-hmm. we have got good goal kickers as well yeah. as him. Uh, so, yeah, sorry. I, to, to, to come back around, I think I would twist with Halfpenny and probably probably um, probably move. I'd, I would either bring Liam Williams in or move Zamet to fullback uh, mm-hmm. and bring Rio Dyer back into the, in, onto the wing. Yeah, I think it's telling... That um, Liam Williams has been retained in the Wales squad, mm. uh, so he hasn't been released back to Cardiff. No. So I do wonder if he's back in the frame there. Uh, but I guess you know, I, I got. I mean, this is habitual. I was going to say if you're going to experiment, do it against Italy. But you know, um, look, we're going to lose against Italy. Yeah, yeah we, either we, way. Yeah, so we may as well experiment. <laughs> I, I think I'm coming around to it. So it's a question then, really, of uh, do you have Adams or Zamet as fullback? Um, I, I, I'd probably be tempted with Zamet. I think. I didn't. Yeah, like um, I can't remember who it was. He he was uh, put a fullback against uh, in the autumn, but 
like I, I could be completely wrong here and just looking at this with rose tinted glasses, but I don't remember him having a bad showing at full back in that I think, match. I think it was Argentina, was it? I think we won that one. Mm. Um, if that's the case, um, so yeah, I think I think I'm going to go now with what I want to see against Italy rather than what I think yeah, or sure. should happen. So yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go with Zamit to full back, bring Dyer back into starting wing, mm-hmm. and then Adams running yeah. it off. I think um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because Gatlin yanked Adams off at halftime, or thereabouts. I I didn't notice him having a bad game, but people seemed to see he was having a stinker. So, I, yeah, I, I, like, apparently there's some missed tackles, but I wasn't. I don't know if I was paying enough attention, really. I th- I think um, I I'm exactly the same as you. Like I, I noticed him going off, but I don't remember him having a bad game. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, Cuthbert apparently he's been wandering about in a moon boot. So oh. yeah, I, I think they would be dire by default there if 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 you were gonna make a change of fullback. Yeah. Um, right in the centres, and we had Mason Grady and Joe Hawkins. Any changes there? Uh, no, I yeah. I really I really enjoyed watching those two. I think um I think this could be a future a, f- a partnership for a long time. Um, obviously, you know seeing how Max Cluellen comes back from injury and, mm-hmm. and if, if there's some sort of caveat, uh, some sort of rule <laughs> rule break they'll make for him yeah. when he moves to Gloucester, but who knows? Well, he wasn't on the Wales Online list of people who are going today, so I'm holding out hope here. Yeah. I don't oh. know if it's hope, but oh, I'd love Max to stay. I would too. I just think, oh, yeah. But it, yeah, I yeah. agree. I, I think it's uh, let's let's not get too hung up on Max for a minute. <laughs> yes. yeah, that could be a podcast in itself. No, I think um, yeah, I th- I think stick there. I know if if Mikey were here, he'd be talking about Kieran Williams. Yeah, but I think another telling thing is that uh, he has been released to Ospreys. Yeah. Um, whereas, just double checking my notes here. Yeah, it doesn't look to me like Grady and uh, Hawkins have been released to the region. So. Uh, yeah, reading between the lines there, I think both us and Gatland are sticking. Halfbacks, man. Gotta sort this out soon. The combinations are... Well, there's there's six players and... What's that? I, I, can't, even do, I can't do math, so there's, there's so well, many combinations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so it was Williams and Williams... I don't know if it worked, but I don't know what the tactic is, so it's hard to say. Yeah, like, I think if Thomas Williams can just play a game as Thomas Williams mm. and not, not you know, like, he's so good for Cardiff. He's so deadly yeah. for Cardiff. Like, he, he's, he, he always runs dangerous lines. He always runs in support lines. He always finds a gap. Um, mm. And... It's kind of like frustrating not to see him be allowed, or assumingly anyway, not to see him be allowed to do that for Wales. And I think just like the drop off from Thomas to the next nine is 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 too too great for me. Like Kieran Ruhardi, I don't think uh, is is close to Thomas, and I don't think he he didn't. Yeah, he he did one or two things that uh, it was a bit like uh, on Saturday, and I just think again, and then Webb again. Like for me, it's just you know it's. It's not the web everyone remembers. Yeah, and and I think we need people need to just start accepting that. Like he is a good player, but he's not the player he was anymore. I wonder if um, 
if Gatland had a chance to pick his squad again, he might have taken a punt on Blacker and somebody else. Yeah, I like, think... Um... I, I tell you what, actually, right? If he'd have been at the Arms Park on a day where Ellis Bevan was kicking, right? I don't know if you were there with me, but I noticed Ellis Bevan's box kicks go for fucking miles. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, get on, like if, get on a blow into Gatlin. And he, he's he's not a, he's not a small scrum half, right? I, I I know I'm not saying he's world class. I haven't seen enough of him. Um, I'm not even saying he's URC class, right? But <laughs> but is a boy who can hoof a ball. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I don't know if, if Gatlin had a chance to do his scrum halves again. I think he might have might have picked a bit differently, maybe. Yeah, I I think um, I I think this is a he went for um, people he knows rather than yeah. who was playing well at the, at the time because yeah. I really thought he would have gone for Blacker. I as yeah, it, it was on the cards, wasn't it? Especially over Hardy, I'd have thought. Yeah. Okay, so in the front row, then we had Gareth Thomas, Ken Owens, and Thomas Francis. Do you know what? When Carre and Lewis came on. I feel almost like the scrum was somehow more solid. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess so. Like, um, I feel also that um, Thomas Francis was getting unfairly penalised uh, mm-hmm. on the weekend. Like this, like you, like we've said before, this um, new bird's eye view of the scrum just helps out so much in seeing exactly what's happening. And like, there was one scrum where. Um, Ellis Genge's elbow was literally like pointing downwards and most refs before games will say to me like you know I don't want to see arms like that I want to see straight binds and yeah and strong binds and it's and it's like I don't get how Thomas Francis could have been penalized for sort of um that scrum going down when yeah Ellis Genge seemingly had the downward force but anyway um I would probably stick with the front row just because um I think it's still our strongest scrummage in front row, mm-hmm. um, but I also like, um, I also like the impact that Carrie is having coming off the bench. Yeah, see, um, I think I want to go the exact opposite. I want to, <laughs> I want to go. Let's let's just go mental for the first fifty minutes, right? Let's just because I think. The, the sort of around the park strength of I could say whatever I want because Mikey's not here. The around the, the around the park strength of Carrie and Lewis as props, right, is more beneficial to us than the scrummaging strength of um, Thomas and Francis because there were times between scrums where Francis just looked lost. I thought, and like you know, he's being shepherded into rucks by Thomas Williams, and I'm just thinking, actually, right. Carry at first receiver all fucking day, just smashing into the, yeah. you know, g- give him 55 minutes of that, right? Let's just build a score because we aren't scoring tries. We aren't breaking defensive lines. And we've got a no. sledgehammer sitting on the bench, like. Yeah. yeah. I, say, I say go for it. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, I, to be honest, I would be happy with either either set of props. Um and and be no uh, yeah no um, quiet bunny about my love of uh, carry. No, totally. Um, on to the second row now. We went with Beard and Alan Wynn against England, and I think last time we talked like this, we said that some of these old dogs have really got to um, 
show up against England or that's it. So are we are we making changes for Italy? Yeah. Um uh I would keep Seb and just bring on David Jenkins to start. I like keep, him again. Keep Seb? Oh god, I've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about me. Like I've I, I picture I picture that gormless look of um uh Oh, Adam Jesus Beard. Christ, Adam Beard. What is going on? <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, my, my brain just completely just changes the look in my head to Seb Davis and, yeah. and says, you Seb, Seb Davis. <laughs> he just doesn't occupy his, his own space in your brain. So, so, so you're going to go with Beard and uh, Beard and Jenkins. Yeah. I think. I, 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 uh, see, I think the, the weak link, I, I think it's Beard rather than Alan Wynn. I, I think Alan Wynn's been okay. I don't think he's been bad, um, but I just think he's starting to look tired. Mm. And his effectiveness, or the time he's effective for, I feel is getting less and less each game he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, you know, I, I'm thinking now, I just want to get youngsters experienced. We're not going to win the championship. Um, whether we get a wooden spoon or not is irrelevant to me. I think, yeah. you know, it's an opportunity to play people in, in one of the most fiercely contested competitions of international rugby uh, before a summer tour and before a World Cup. Yeah. And, you know, think of the experience thing. Over the next 12 months, think of the all the experience, international experience these youngsters could get um, uh, in, in, like, in, in, in such a contested and congested 12-month um, period of international rugby and it's such a good leap board to go into um, it, into the Australian World Cup then in 2027. You'd hope so. Um, if this, this, this going to be, yeah, <laughs> be a lot of... I, you know, I might have come around with this idea. So I think actually what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to start with Reese Davis and David Jenkins and we'll Ooh. talk about the bench in a bit. By the way, we didn't make a decision on Ken Owens. Uh, I mean, he's captain. I guess he's got to stay. But... It's just... Um... I just, he's just keeping the seat warm for uh, our Lord and Saviour Dowie Lake. Yeah, yeah, I uh, think so. I think once um, once Dowie Lake is is fit and, and and available, like he's he's just slotting straight in for me. Yeah. Uh, so then that brings us on to the back row. Uh, we started with Shinza, Tipperick, and Falato against England. I I would probably. Drop Tipperick for Jack Morgan now and, and give Jack Morgan a go at open side finally. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. I, I, it, there's no there's no better rate in Wales still. Uh, yeah. And I thought Ginza played well again. And, um, you know, he, he's a talent and he just needs to keep having this exposure. Yeah. Double down on Ginza, I see. Yeah. Okay, well, that brings us on to the bench, I guess. I, I think we're both probably going to go Bradley Roberts over Scott Baldwin. Yeah. Um, a, lot, a lot of people are slated him for the weekend, but like, I don't really know what he did wrong. I, he was fine, I think. Yeah, I, I think he's just easy to slate. I think for a lot of people, because he's not Welsh-born and bred, that plays into it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but no, you know, he, he was no worse than some other players. Uh, right uh, so we've disagreed on the so I think our starting props and bench props are inverse of each other yeah so who's your second row cover on the bench Ed? 
Um, I guess it, it was um, Darth Jenkins in the England game. Yeah. So um, going with the um, theme of what I want, I would I would restate this on the bench. Okay. Okay. So I I'm gonna go Teddy Williams here. He's, in the, he's in the squad. He has why, been released why? to Cardiff though. Yeah, has but he needs game time. He hasn't played for True. two weeks, you know. Or longer. Just, yeah, he, he, the reason Teddy Williams has been released is because he needs game time because he's going to be like, playing against Italy. So. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think, yeah, um, yeah like, you wouldn't hate to see it, mate. Wouldn't hate yeah. to see it. So, I believe Wayne, yeah, Wainwright's been released back to Dragons. So yeah. is Roberts, by the way, and Brown. Um, so, so that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, our, our back row sub. It was Tommy Raffle against England. Um, I'd probably be thinking maybe now's the time to have a look at Wainwright off the bench. And if not Wainwright, then Tipperick. I think Tipperick off the bench is better than Tommy Raffle off the bench. Yeah, I agree. Um, I still just haven't seen from Raffle what he's meant to be bringing. Like... Mm. Uh, in these games, um, and it's an, it's it's a, it's frustrating because it's quite excited to see him get a couple of games in for Wales, and you know there's a lot of um, plaudits coming for him out of England. Um, but yeah, I just haven't seen it in in, in the showings he's had for Wales. So I think I would go Tipperick personally. Yeah. I I I want I think I want to see more of Hardy. I think he he needs a little bit of time just to. Get back up the speed of international rugby, and I think it's—I think, as you say, it's probably a bit late then for Webb. Yeah. So yeah, probably Hardy. Um, oh, I don't think we actually decided on our ten. <laughs> yeah, and I was just thinking that. No, um, we got two sidetracked by Thomas Williams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think Owen Williams did anything wrong, but I would bring Dan Bigger back into the starting lineup. Yeah, and and just for a straight swap with Owen Williams. Yeah, I I, I, quite... I I think we might see a spin of the tombola here, and I think it might be bigger to start and Patchell on the bench, or Patchell to start and bigger on the bench. <laughs> oh, could do. I, yeah. I think I think um, I think Patchell might enjoy the sort of craziness of Italian rugby at the moment. He's not been released to Scarlets, but then nobody has. Um, so, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's let's do Patchell to start for some reason. Okay. Because you know why not? We're on holiday, yeah. and uh, yeah, and bigger on the bench. And then finally, then our our outside back cover. I mean, I'd, I'd be tempted to have Liam Williams on the bench. I think. Yeah, that would be my cover. If if I'm sticking with the back three, I I I uh, said earlier, I'd go with Liam Williams as my. Mm. Yeah, his his head's not in the game right now. Uh, so I'd say, look, man. You're on the bench consistently. Low lowest pressure you can think about. You know the, the championship's gone. If you do come on, just have fucking fun. Like try and try and fall back in love with playing for Wales. I guess. Right. So I've just lost Ed uh, at that exact moment. So I'm going to move on to other on-field news. So last week Ed and I popped down to. Aberavon with some pals to watch uh, Ospreys under 18 host Cardiff under 18. The Blue and Blacks won 7 0. 
which was the Ospreys' first and only defeat of their champion campaign, uh, championship campaign. Ed, you're back. I'm back. Uh, sorry, quick dip out there. I was sorry. I was just telling our listeners that well, we'd finished the uh, Wales England sort of recap and the uh, yeah. team for Italy thing. Um, by the way, I, I guess head and heart. I, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting one actually. My heart's saying we're going to lose. Like my heart's broken with Welsh rugby. <laughs> my head's saying actually we should we should what the fuck are we talk about we should beat. Italy at the minute they're not, they're not playing particularly well the Six Nations um, oh, you know no. they, haven't, they haven't won a game have they you know uh, no I I, I oh. my, my, my heart is saying no my heart is saying hard no um, yeah. but anyway uh, that, that's where I am I, I don't know I think it's hard I think, um, ask me nearer the time I think is my answer yeah yeah. I think yeah we'll, we'll have more pods before the game yeah. but uh at the moment, I'm just thinking Italy all day. Okay. So, yeah, I was just explaining our little trip down to Aberavon last Wednesday. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Cardiff beat Ospreys... Cardiff under 18 beat Ospreys under 18 7-0, which was the Ospreys' first and only defeat of their championship-winning campaign. Ed, what, what, did you, uh, what did you make of the experience? I really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, I thought... Uh, it's it's fun going to see rug, age grade rugby like that because it's um, none of them are old enough to have been sort of shaped into these uh, uh, you know like position players. Yeah. Um, and I and I thought there was like there was not a, like other than sort of the Cardiff wing who who did score the try funny enough there wasn't like mm. a I don't think there was a huge disparity in shapes and sizes. There seemed to be only sort of like one or two bigger than yeah. everyone else players. Yeah, there were no like real absolute monsters out there. No. Um I, I really enjoyed Cardiff's loose head. He looked like a sort of second count of Kari. I uh I did <laughs> yeah. seem to li- I quite liked him. I think one of the highlights for me was that that I think it was the Cardiff flanker just full on spewed into the <laughs> bin as well. It was yeah. such a fucking vibe. And then the coach is like, yep, suck it up, get back on. And that, yeah. was, that was the end of that. Like it was proper sort of power aid spew, wasn't it? It was uh... <laughs> it was. It was just like Yeah, it was it was great. Right in front of us. It was like, oh there we Absolutely. go. You don't get that in the URC, <laughs> let me tell you. Um but no, like um funny enough, for a for a game that was won seven nil, there was actually a lot of good attacking rugby on display. Yeah. I think like I, I know I sometimes sarcastically say this, but I think defences really were on top. There was some good scrambling. There were yeah. a couple of times where you felt sure Ospreys were gonna score. They broke the lines. Yeah, and, same uh, when there was somehow that, but... Cardiff just yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Cardiff yeah, Cardiff scrambling defence was good, but also same for Ospreys because there was that one sort of uh was it? I think it was an intercept uh, by the Cardiff winger, and um, yes, uh, down the right wing when we were yeah. in the posts. Yeah, and um, but you know the Ospreys scrambled back the defenses. Uh, it was a couple of more phases, but then I think um, the Ospreys won a turnover, yeah. turnover penalties. Right. Um, yeah. But really enjoyed it, and I would and say I, I'd say it was um, it was a quite a decent crowd for a Wednesday night under 18s match. It felt like there was. Maybe pushing five hundred people there. Yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't say that. I would, I would say so because like the stand yeah. was was rammed and yeah. and um, there was you know good groups of people dotted around all the terraces. Yeah, I I think the one criticism I really have is just how hard it was to find information. Like, I think it was the day before I found out it was in Aberavon. 
Yeah. Like, I knew we'd be somewhere in the Ospreys region, <laughs> but, you know, that could be anywhere. Yeah. Like, east we of had, the Lacha. And... We had to pay a fiver to get in, but apparently, you know, that was not set by Aberavon. That was something to set by. Oh, I, I didn't mind paying a fiver. No, like, no. Like... I, I, yeah, sorry. I'm not trying to make out that was a bad thing. I mean, that was a good thing, but, like, you know that that's if if there was more adver- advertisement about this game, there's the, you know there's more people coming in and it it wouldn't have it wouldn't have taken much to put a little poster on Twitter, you know. Yeah, this is who's playing. This is where it is. This yeah. is what time it kicks <laughs> off, and this is how much it's costing you. And one other thing, it, it did. I don't know if the there was a pricing structure. I I did see five pound entry, and that was it. But like, I'd like to think the kids were allowed in for free. I oh yeah, I'll... true. Actually, I've got no idea, but yeah, yeah, you'd like to think that was the case. But um, back to your like um, point about a, a tweet or a post. It is the WIU will know about all these games that are happening, and they'll and they know where to sanction them. Yeah, yeah, because they sanction them, and they need to organise referees for them. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's not hard to just put a post out on a Sunday evening or something saying, "Oh, these are all the fixtures coming up this week, and this is where you can watch them." You can write seven posts per mini drafts and set them to tweet at a certain time right you, you, you don't you, it's half an hour's job even for the oldest grumpiest blazer right <laughs> i'll do the fucking poster right if you just tell me the information i'll do it you know? yeah it's it's not like and the sort of I, I i do get the impression the kids like go in to watch kids sometimes or like slightly slightly older kids so like um, when we had uh, community club day down at the Arms Park a couple of weeks ago, yeah, all of the little kids around me were so excited to see Ben Thomas because, like, he was playing at their club not that long ago. Yeah, you know, I, I think that really gets kids interested and sort of infused because, like, I know that guy. Look at him; he's playing. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, that I think that sort of engagement would be really good. Um. And somehow it like. Jesus, man, I mean, for 20 grand a year, 25 grand a year, you could employ somebody just to do TikToks and advertise <laughs> kids. Like, you know. Yeah, it's not hard. Yeah, it's, there's, there's graduates out there who do that job, like, gladly. Yeah, what do you... Like, Ospreys actually have done quite good recently in um, in the senior men's stuff on Twitter. Oh, like, yeah. I think, I think they've, yeah, they've really turned a corner lately. It, it doesn't... You know, it just takes the right personnel to do it, because, like as you said, like Aberavon, their players are doing the tweets. I guess. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. And sometimes it, it feels like that in the regions and the the WIU. It's, like, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's the social media world we live in now, and yeah. and this is the best way to get engagement between you and your fans or yeah. potential fan base, and it's 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 worth the the you know basic salary that it would cost to put someone on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess just to finish on that by saying like thanks again to the Marquee of Splot for uh, getting us onto that and uh, yeah. making sure we knew that the final was when it was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was great to go down. I think that what what that means is now next season we can pick it up from the start of the season, keep an eye on it and uh, put the date in the calendar and make more of a big deal about it. I think. Yeah, like definitely we can um, when yeah when this is happening next season just. You know, we have a little nod to the results and how the yeah. how the tournament's progressing, and potentially go and watch more. Uh... Yeah, and what it means to the pathway guys now, I believe, is it goes on to the international block. So uh, 
we'll be bringing some news on that as well. Yes. Right, Dad. Uh, round 15 of the URC incoming. As we've alluded to, everybody apart from Scarlet is getting their players back. So just to recap, in case any of this got lost in the detail, Cardiff are getting back uh, Kari, Dylan Lewis and Teddy Williams. Dragons are getting Brown, Roberts and Wainwright. Ospreys are getting Reese Davis and Kieran Williams. And Scarlet's get fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> Which, wow. Um, oh, I, I do wonder what's going on there. But, yeah, I mean, you don't need your third choice nine back. <laughs> yeah, like who's, so who's in there? I mean, is Ken Owens? The uh, Halfpenny. The Halfpenny. Kieran Hardy. Patchell. Patch. Yeah, well, those are, they'll miss those players. Like. Yeah, key players. Yeah. That sounded almost sarcastic there, though. We were just like listing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, like a genuinely, like fucking hell, like that's not great, is it? Yeah, it's it's odd. I it, it I don't know. I just don't understand this selection of players released and retained. Yeah, but speaking of Scarlets, uh, they are first up. They have the pleasure of heading to Munster on Friday. How do you see that one going? Um, I I'm some Munster win. I, I, yeah. Uh, uh, Scarlet's obviously having a great um, run of form at the moment, but um, you know, yeah. missing a few key pairs that we've just listed. Because uh, didn't didn't Munster demolish Ospreys in the Fallow oh, weekend? Yes, God. a couple of weekends ago. So it's like, it's like 58-3 53 or something. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think it'll be quite. Well, I don't know. I I don't like the. I don't think it'll be that much of battering because that seemed like a freak freak battering. Yeah. But I can't um, imagine. I can't see Scarlet's getting the result out there, or even I a agree. bonus point. Um, they've been scoring a lot. Um, uh, yeah, but Munster are a very good defender. Yeah, I just yeah five nil. Yeah, it's a uh, fifth placed Munster, fourteenth placed Scarlet. So there yeah, we go. Could, could be a long, <laughs> could be a long Friday night. Uh, Ospreys are hosting Benetton on Saturday afternoon. Ospreys 13th, Benetton uh, 10th, and five points between them. I think that could be a a 10-point swing there. I agree. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, do do Italy release their players back in follow weeks? I'm I'm not entirely sure it works, to be honest, but like we did right against Benetton a couple of weeks ago. We we got a BP. Um, I think Ospreys are better than Cardiff right now. Yeah, for being honest, I know the league table doesn't reflect it, but yeah, I, I think I see Osprey's going to win a bonus point there. I agree. Yeah, so that'll that'll put them on uh, thirty-four points. Uh, Dragons then they're hosting Connaught uh, Friday uh, Saturday evening. So Dragons fifteenth place, Connaught eighth. Uh, I Connaught. Aren't particularly affected by island call-ups. I know, is it um, Bundyaki? I guess Bundyaki. Yeah, I, I think Connaught should have enough to get a win at Rodney Parade. Yeah, Dra- Dragons a... against some of the important players back. Yeah, I, I think um, I'm expecting Brown to start. Well, in fact, I'm expecting um, all three of them to start. Uh, yeah. Brown, Roberts, and um, Wayne Wright. Do you know what? Uh, I, I feel like this is going to go classic Dragons. I think Dragons will be 4 one it until the 74th minute. And then <laughs> Connor will score and it'll be 
four one to Cardot. Um, I, 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 I'm gonna. I think Dragons are gonna do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think uh, you know, good home game. Um, nice, nice Saturday evening kickoff. They've got a few uh, beefy boys back. <laughs> um, Sounds like a Newport tribute act to the beefy boys. So. <laughs> the Port's beefy boys. Um, yeah, I reckon Dragons are probably gonna nick that one. Probably. Wow, strong words. Um, <laughs> and then Cardiff, we're hosting Ulster on Saturday evening. You going down? Uh, what am I doing Saturday? No. Maybe. I don't know yet. Have you got a no. game? No, I'm not. Uh, it's a rearranged game, but I have already had plans in place before it's oh, rearranged. So I'm not playing. But um, uh, I'll be in town for something else, but I might uh, I might see how that goes and maybe... Uh, fair enough. I've got... I've got... I've I've already given away my uh, bring a loved one ticket, so. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, you can't get in that way. I sneak in, sneak yeah. in through the terraces. So, um, interesting one about this. It's the last game, the last home game of the normal season for Cardiff, despite three more normal rounds, which end on the penultimate weekend in April. Um, and if you count the final, the URC doesn't end until the end of May, so. That's incredible, right? <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, so that's the last chance for URC action at the Arms Park. Ninth placed Cardiff. Uh, do, 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 do. Third placed Ulster. I don't see us doing it, but like, I, I think, I, I think it'll be like agonizingly close to a losing bonus point, but we won't quite get it. I think it'll be like an eight or nine point loss. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I yeah, same. I I just um, don't think we'll do that, especially with like what's happening at the moment with the contracts and everything. You, yeah. I don't know. It seems to have galvanised the players, but I mean, you just can't, I don't think you can play a game of rugby knowing that yeah. what's going on. Um, it's going to be in the back of your mind. And Ireland at the moment are just a behemoth of rugby. Yeah, like so, Al- Ulster will be affected by Ireland call-ups, but they're not going to. It's not a matter. You know? No. Um, uh, yeah, I, I could see Ospreys actually overtaking us here if uh, points difference goes their way. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what the sort of criteria are for if you're tied on points. It's like Cardiff have won seven, Ospreys have won four, so that'd be five. So I think if it's on matches one, I don't think Ospreys can overtake us. Uh, if it's on points difference, then if we both got you know, if Cardiff got battered and Ospreys doled out the battering, then they could overtake us. I, I think we're safe in ninth at the top of the Car Park Cup for now. Is what I'm <laughs> so, you know, silver linings, but... Yeah. Right, so. anything else you want to cover before we go on to our forbidden loves? Um, no, uh, I think we've pretty much covered all the important worst rugby topics. Smash in. I've, uh, I did have... A submission this week from oh. a friend of the pod, uh, Rory. So I'm just going to try and find him now. Uh, while I'm looking, do you have any, or shall I crack up one of my other ones? No, you crack up one of your other ones. <laughs> um, so one of my personal ones this week is uh, is Matt Dawson. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, he again was very kind about the Welsh players' plight on Scrum Five this week. And he said some just really nice things about, you know, the, the 
plight of the players and the state of the WIU. Um, yeah. And then in a similar vein, but I don't think it's quite so forbidden of a love, was uh, Borthwick before and after the game. He was, uh, I think he was very magnanimous and there's a little bit of solidarity there, I think, between him and the, the players. And I think more so than Gatland, actually, like Gatland came out and said, I don't agree with the strikes. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, Gatland's not been holding himself to a very high esteem recently. No. And, and for Matt Dawson, who has been, you know, lambasted in Welsh rugby circles for some time <laughs> yeah. to come out, I, I thought, uh, I thought fair play, Matt, I, I agree you did enjoy that, so... Uh, so yeah, uh, so where was Rory's? Uh, Rory's forbidden love of the week, the 25 cap rule. It's clearly been brought in to ensure the squad can be shaped around Nick Tompkins in the lead to the 2027 <laughs> World Cup, who was at the time of the rule being made public, playing in England on 25 caps. Oh. Yeah, so... <laughs> where, where is Mikey? Yeah, I know, like, I, I can't believe he's missed this, but, uh, yeah... <laughs> so, um, I mean, if it is epic trolling of Mikey by the WRU, then yeah, great. I guess. Yeah, to be honest, I'm all for that. Yeah, <laughs> troll away. Exactly. Right, and but shall we? Uh, shall we leave that there then? Uh, unfortunately, Mikey didn't make it on unless he does in the next thirty seconds or so, which would be brilliant. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we we can't hang on forever, can we? Sadly, not. No. All right, but. but uh... Well, like I said, thanks for joining in, Ed. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back after the weekend, I guess, to preview Italy and talk about the action that happened. So take care and ta-ra. Bye.